Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the VGL podcast. I am your host today, Andrew, here with the Meryl to my solid snake, John, and to the Felicia Hardy to my Spider-Man, Kevin. How are you both doing today? I was really hoping I was going to be Otacon. They have a love interest, right? Sure, they can. (laughs) It depends on what ending you get. I'm doing great. How about yourself, John and Andrew? I'm doing okay. I was just thinking, though, that Meryl is maybe like the fourth hottest chick in Metal Gear, though. Ah, but the first hottest to the only game that I have played of Metal Gear. And that brings us to today's episode, Ranking the Hottest Chicks in Metal Gear Solid series. Starting at number four. John. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm the fourth hottest person on this podcast. Well, who's hotter? <laughs> you two, and then an unnamed, unknown entity of no, sorts, I, I guess. I, I have no idea. I meant Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> damn it. Not, not in this podcast. I don't need to be ranked. Uh, Naomi's up there, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go, go ahead and throw in the boss, because she's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. John likes women of power. And then liquid and then liquid snake. Yep, definitely. You gotta like that, that liquid from the snake. No, I'm uh I'll throw in Mei Ling. Ooh. It's fair. Right on, right on. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me today because this is a very special and different episode because today we are here for notes but not news. We are to talk games drink brews, and give reviews. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about Tunic. We are giving our... (laughs) We are giving our collective experiences and reviews. So, spoiler, if you have not played the game Tunic yet, know that we have all three tried it, played it, beat it. Maybe. And here's our review. But... Spoiler! Before we get into that... Guys, what you drinking? I am drinking. I just grabbed something out of the fridge because uh, I was really lazy. Had baby duty today. Baby duty. Uh, yeah, my wife came home. I was like, hey. And I like threw her the baby at, at my wife. And I was like, I'm going to go drink and I'm going to go talk about video games. God damn it. Well. Really just one video game, I guess. But I'm drinking my Bud Light Seltzer uh, that I've been known to drink before on this podcast. Going for the Cherry Cola uh, variety this this time because I drank all the oranges and the limes. Oh, running through them. Yeah, yeah. How many total flavors are there, Kev? uh, In this box, there's four. It comes with, it's like a 12-pack, and they're uh, the Slim Cans. Yeah. But they're only 100 calories, and they go down smooth. So, the question begs to be asked. Did you save the best flavor for last? Fuck no. I drank What the- is the best flavor? Uh, 
it's a toss up between the oranges and the limes. I I think mm. I really love orange soda. Who, Who loves, loves orange soda? soda? <laughs> I do, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> uh, by the way, coming to Netflix soon. Good Burger. <laughs> no, Good Burger's already there. Keenan Kell's coming to Netflix. Uh, oh, snap. But no, I drank... So I I would I would probably say the orange comes out on top, but the lime is really good too. It just tastes like a Seven Up. But the cherry the cherry cola and the Coca Cola Classic are are fine. It's just they kind of get boring. Probably because I have you know Diet Cokes in the fridge, so I drink those. Right on, right on. John, what are you gracing against your lips tonight? Uh, I have a new beer. Um, I've never heard of these guys before. So I, I must say that when I walked into my local uh, liquor store uh, right by me today, uh, Andrew, you'll appreciate this because uh, all three of us being in Maryland, as soon as you walk in, the, the display is nothing but devil's backbone uh, stuff. So I was met with a ginormous wall of orange crush <laughs> awesome, and and lemon crush. And I was like, you know what? Save that for another time. So I am going with um, 21st Amendment Brewery Company, which is out of San Francisco. And the beer that I'm drinking from them is called Hell or High Watermelon. Um, it's a watermelon wheat beer. Um, f- uh, 4.9 ABV. Pretty damn good. Uh, it's got a little hint of watermelon flavor. It's a weedy beer. Uh, not very strong, but it gets the job done. Something new for me. Um Check it out at your local uh, liquor store. Better than us. Better than us. Now, when you, when you say a hint, on a scale of LaCroix to Fanta, where does it fall in the hint of watermelon flavor? Like, is there Before an aftertaste, or does it just taste like it was brewed near that? Yeah. <laughs> Did the okay. next company over grow watermelons and they just had, you know, some wheat beer? Was there a watermelon it? in the room staring <laughs> at the brewing process? No, it's it's like the, uh, what was it, Kev, the black and whiskey? They just put like earphones over the watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> it was in a watermelon no. cask. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, okay. Before I answer this question, my buddy Alex, who is listening to this, is going to hate me. I despise. No, no, no. I loathe entirely. LaCroix. Yeah, LaCroix it sucks is, dick. It, it, is, it is like, I think, Kevin, I think I heard this from you. It's like w- fruity water on low battery percentage. <laughs> yeah. It just, <laughs> it, it sucks. So the hint of watermelon is about one step above LaCroix in this. Like, it's there. You can kind of smell it, but it's kind of, it's a little bit more in the aftertaste. You better watch your words because Kevin may have another 5,000 channel points for Chuck Eternal uh, saved up. <laughs> John oh, drinking yeah. LaCroix <laughs> John drinking watermelon LaCroix <laughs> The thing that pisses me yeah. off most about LaCroix Is it smells heavenly Like you pop it open And if it's For the first like five seconds it does Oh well, And that first never- <laughs> sip might have a little bit of fruit flavor But then after that it's just water That's been Yeah it just sucks I'm sorry <laughs> yeah, LaCroix I- sucks Yeah my 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 wife Uh doesn't drink LaCroix, but it's, at one point she was drinking, like, seltzer water. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm drinking. Uh, Andrew, how about you, sir? I'm just going for the nice, smooth, mellow taste of an MGD. <laughs> as soon as you said smooth and mellow, I was like, 
20 bucks, it's fucking MGD. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, I figured it, uh, I don't know. I just didn't want to go fancy tonight. I mean, you are wearing. You needed your... to go fancy, though. You said you love this game that we're going to talk about, and that it was the most excited you were for a video game in a very long time. I mean, just quote and quote. Thinking about <laughs> it, I arrive early, so it's it's a very good experience that I'm trying to share with all these lovely people. Good choice of words there. He didn't say came. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's transition. And fellas, what you playing? Don't, don't, don't. You just got so last Kevin started it off. So John, enlighten us. What have you been playing recently? Oh man, we'll see. Now that I'm done the semester of school. Um, and I've had a little bit more free time. I've been like a squirrel on meth. Like, I'm just like, ah, I need to do something. And so I'm, I've been playing a absolute uh, plethora of games, finishing none of them because it's me. Um, where do I even start? I was playing more Trek to Yomi today. Um, really good game. I talked about that on the last episode, the one year anniversary episode. Really cool, fun game. Uh, black and white japanese like samurai side-scrolling game really really well done uh really enjoying that game uh i'm in chapter four um really enjoying it i also was playing a little bit more gears um i'm in chapter like in the middle of chapter two right now um really digging that game too um it's it, I'm starting to get more of the cover-based stuff a little bit more down. It was a huge transition for me with that game. And I've kind of gotten over the fact that everything's a bullet sponge. Like, it takes 50,000 hits to kill something in this damn game. <laughs> but um, overall, enjoying it. And then I was playing... Um, so at the time of this recording, I think it was the day that uh, Obi-Wan series dropped they had a trailer for the next uh jedi fallen order game which is called jedi survivor oh, yeah. uh, with my boy with my boy cal kestis and um so when that dropped i i got a huge uh anticipation for that so i popped in jedi fallen order the other day that platinum and that game still eludes me so i'd like to get that done eventually in the next three years before the next game comes out so <laughs> it's okay maybe but, um, maybe they'll uh be delayed and you can have more time oh yeah oh yeah for sure so that's where i'm at mr kevy how about you sir i've been playing a couple things uh i since it is me i did beat a few things as well um yes last time i was talking about how i started up plague tale innocence uh beat that got all the achievements for that um Really cool game. Really cool game. Uh, zero replayability, at least for me. The most I did was reselect chapters and collect all the collectibles that I missed, which wasn't a lot. Um, there were a few that I, I kicked myself in the rear for missing because they were super easy, and somehow I had like searched all over the area and just didn't search that one area. Um, I, loved, I loved the story. I'm excited to see where 
the sequel picks up. Uh, I actually watched the trailer as soon as I, I beat the game just to see what they kind of changed. It seems like uh, she gets a crossbow this time, which is really cool because the whole game you just had a, a, a sling uh, through rocks, which you could upgrade. You know, I love my upgrades. But there was one upgrade on there that I found extremely, extremely pointless. Almost two of them. There was one upgrade where you could upgrade your tools anywhere instead of having to find a uh, like a little workbench. And then the next upgrade to that was, hey, you no longer need tools to upgrade because usually when you upgrade, you would need a certain amount of items that you collect while you're going through, and you would also need one toolkit for every time you upgrade. So I was like, well, I'm going to gung-ho for that. And they give you so many toolkits that that one seemed pointless. And then before you got that one, the only time they gave you a tool was like next to the workbench. So it was almost pointless to uh, being able to upgrade any anytime you want unless there was something you were aiming for and you didn't want to do it directly at that workbench. It just seemed kind of pointless to me though because since I was searching for all the collectibles, I had so much stuff that I was getting over. Like I could, there was some stuff I couldn't pick up. So I was crafting stuff to make more room. And then I would get to the workbench and I was like, well, I don't have a tool. Oh, there's a tool. Let me go ahead and upgrade this. So that was, that was the one downside to, to that. But visually the game is very impressive. I was actually talking about John, uh, to John about this, um, on like a solo conversation was that game came out in like 2019, I think, which is, you know, three years ago. But it already seems like it's outdated graphically. I mean, which is kind of amazing because you see, you look at some stuff and it it took years to to get past that visual threshold. But it seems like already we're getting to the point with how fast things are evolving that you look at it and you're like, yeah, I can see how this was made for quote unquote last gen. Um. But John, I'm really excited because when I was talking to you about it, you said, man, I got to go finish it, especially with how short it was. It, it was only, even with all my exploring, I think I might have put 15, maybe. If you don't explore at all, uh, you could probably beat that game in less than 10. Right on. Yeah, I. that was one of the games I was playing right before this, uh, like in January before the school semester started. And uh one that definitely got put on hold. Um, but I want to get back to it because I put about a good two and a half, three hours into that game and was thoroughly enjoying it at the time that I was playing it. So yeah, I want to hop back in. Definitely want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, and then my, my game that I've been playing in bed was uh, Luigi's Mansion on the 3DS. And on the 3DS, it gives you uh, challenges. So uh, I guess to get some longevity to the game, because the game is relatively short. You could probably beat the game in first playthrough. You could probably beat it in like seven, eight hours. Uh, after that, you can probably run through it in about four. Uh, and it just gets faster and faster every time you do it. Uh, so I had to beat the game. I think I beat it like six times on my 3DS. And I finally got my last challenge. So I uh, fired up the sequel, which was uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Which I've had forever. And... Didn't play it too much because 
they they went towards a mission aspect where you select a mission and then you go to this house and then you finish the mission and then he brings you back and then you have to select the next mission. That kind of drew me out a little bit. But from what I've been reading, the farther along you get, the missions get a little longer. So maybe that would seem a little bit less of a hindrance. And, oh, fired up uh, Monkey Islands. Because uh, I think I talked about that on last episode where I needed another game where I could just, you know, play it with one hand while I'm feeding my daughter or trying to rock her to go to sleep or something during the day. So that was that. Was that. I haven't gotten too far into that, but I do really love uh, the remake they did. I do go back to the old graphics from time to time just for nostalgia because I remember Andrew playing it um, on Sega CD, I believe it was. So that was it's really cool to go back and and see the eight bit graphics of, of 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 the age. So that's that's what I've been playing. Uh, Andrew, what, what about yourself, man? Beat anything this week? I did. Oh but- hell yeah. So I'm still waiting for update 2.7 of Genshin Impact because that's currently delayed. Um, I did play a little bit of Warzone, uh, some with John as well. Um, we were able to get, yeah. I, th- I think I got a couple of Rebirth wins. That was about it. Um, I played more Moonlighter and beat it. Nice. Um, it was a fun, fun little story that wrapped up with it. Um, it does have like a new game plus where your stuff does carry over and you can work towards more expensive items, uh, stronger equipment and everything like that. But the way that it was almost set up led me to believe that you could almost do it as many number of times of a new game plus afterwards. So that would be interesting, but it started to get repetitive and I lost interest with my ADD. So I started up Chris Tales, which it's a fun little RPG that has aspects of time magic. And it's got it's got interesting art to it that's uh that kind of could pull somebody away. The the battle is turn-based concept, but just like any other turn-based concept, you can use magic to or an action to adjust the order of your characters or the enemy characters that are going to do the next action. Um, But so far it has an interesting story. Um, Fun magic. The last battle I faced was very difficult because I think I took the wrong characters into the designated area and I struggled as I should have because I'm an idiot. And uh, yeah, hopefully by the next recording I'll have beaten that. Huzzah! Sweet. It'll be up to two this year. Fucking right. killing it. What are you What are you doing over there? I don't know. I'm overachieving, man. I know, man. God. Proud of you. Thank you, thank you. I am going to uh, record that and play it on repeat. <laughs> he's like, man, he's getting like one a quarter. I know. Something, something got a fire under your ass or something, you're like... You got something going on that you're like, I need to do this. Is it? Is this your midlife crisis? What's that? I can't have a motorcycle? Fine. I'm just going to beat a video game. <laughs> I'll show her. Uh, I'm going to sink fucking 10 hours in this damn game in the past month. And beat three of them. Because that's how quickly these games are going. Andrew's Googling. Shortest games to beat. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to show those 
bastards on the damn podcast. I'm going to have gets, so many banked in the... <laughs> he plays like a 30-minute old-school NES game, and he gets through 15 minutes of it, and he's like, ah, oh, this is bullshit. I, 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 I got the gist. I'm picking up what they're putting down. Talking about Ninja Turtles 1? Man, that game's longer than 30 minutes. I know. That game's That's what you said. I, man, I got the gist of this. I'm, I'm <laughs> That's done. That's fucking hell. That's what that is. So before we get into our main topic, our meat and potatoes, let's hear about the uh, the good folks over at the CBC, Creative Brain Candy, and hear what they have going on too. Psst, excuse us. We've been trying to reach you about your life's traumatic experiences. No, no, don't hit fast forward. We come in peace. I'm Jamie. And I'm Steph. And we're the hosts of the Stay Wild Trauma Child podcast. We are two best friends who are openly sharing their healing journeys while navigating sudden loss, parenthood, relationships, mental health, and so much more. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and join us every other Tuesday night for some hard truths, a whole lot of laughs, and maybe even a little bit of healing. We will shut up now and let you get back to your show. Stay wild, future trauma child. If you have not played Tunic, which is the topic of today's episode, then be prepared for spoilers. Spoilers. If you feel like... Spoilers. If you feel like that you do not want to hear spoilers at this time, bookmark this episode and return momentarily once you have played it and beaten it so that you can also share your thoughts in and let us know how similar... Our experiences were to yours, and if you have anything different that you want to add, you can always add us on Twitter or Instagram at VGL underscore podcast. Mm, nice plug. Ooh, thank you, thank you. That's what she said. <laughs> so in case you haven't actually looked up the game Tunic yet, uh, Tunic is, it's, it can be compared to a Dark Souls meets Zelda game that has an isometric camera. Uh, for the action RPG gameplay style. Um, yeah, the the camera is kind of over you. You have a button where you can actually switch your camera view by like 10 degrees, which is actually like uh, how you aim in combat, but it's also how you can look into the world and see if there might be a treasure in a certain corner or behind a waterfall or something too. So... It's a pretty u- unique and fun way to uh, to use the camera in this game. I've, I've found myself, I don't know if you gentlemen did, but I found myself walking a lot of the time with the aim button held down just to see like different points of views of if there was a hidden ledge or a chest or something like that. So how about you guys? I, I didn't do that, but um, I can see the helpfulness of it. And Agreed. For anyone who doesn't know what isometric means, like me, uh, the best way to describe it, since it's a game and comp uh, podcast, I'll use old school games. Uh, I can talk about Landstalker, which two people have played, and they're both sitting in this podcast room. Uh, but a well, more well-known one uh, to describe the camera would be Super Mario RPG, where instead of the camera being north, south, east, and west, they just shift it. 45 degrees so it's facing like northeast so it's it's pretty interesting uh camera view i mean hades is kind of like that too like it's a true, isometric true. Uh, camera kind of view we've I've, i know i've talked a lot about it on on this show already <laughs> andrew did you use uh john's cheat code to to use the aim button to zoom the camera out? 
I don't think that I did. Um, I might not have even known that I could zoom out. Oh, no, I take it back. I knew I could zoom in like really close. <laughs> but <laughs> He's I, doing the exact opposite. I was doing the exact opposite accidentally. Um, but I find myself a lot of times I will push the boundaries of the maps. And if there's a spot that I can like walk around this and that, I will try to see if I can find that hidden area, hidden spot. And a couple of times I did. That was actually kind of cool. Whether it was some uh, um, a hidden stairwell behind a tree, whether it was a hidden path behind a waterfall, um, there was a lot of fun like little hidden areas that I pushed the boundaries of the gameplay to actually like see what perimeters I can move around. Because that's the way I do it instead of a camera. Which, there are times whenever I do have a camera that can rotate 360 around me, I get myself dizzy and nauseous because I'm an idiot and I just play with a camera. And that ruins my gameplay experience, so I try not to mess with the camera as often anymore. Guys, what difficulty did you start this game off at like did you try it with the hardest difficulty because you want to be challenged you want to you know figure out the struggles and everything right off the bat or did you play for more of the gameplay and the story and go on an easier or normal route i want you to guess you probably did hard Mm -hmm. i did normal i did normal as well because (laughs) reasons <laughs> I, I i did do hard i did the hardest difficulty as per huge i love a challenge i don't i don't know how much harder it was though i didn't go through and replay it on normal i'm assuming what changes is probably health i would, I would think probably the the and damage, damage received dealt. yeah yeah damage yeah. Dealt and damage received yeah so just needed to duck and dive a little bit more. The a lot dudes. a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, what were your thoughts on the story? I thought it was pretty fun. It was definitely an interesting, like, uh, uh, a twist later on down the line, but the whole thing was a very, like, Zelda Underworld vibe. Did either of you get, like, the strong Zelda Underworld vibes? I don't know what Zelda Underworld is. Did you ever play this uh the Super Nintendo Zelda? Uh the, like the original OG Zelda? Um the Super Nintendo, no. the Link to the Past. No, I've only ever played the original Zelda game. Not a problem. So um, me am not a good gamer. <laughs> you are. Like I said, we just don't have the same shared experiences, but that's what we're going to f- to work on. So for me, it, it did give strong Zelda vibes because you start out with nothing. You wander around, you find your first weapon, you wander around, you find a shield, and you basically travel through the story as you did in Zelda. Um, but later on down the lines... There's a betrayal, there's a plot twist, and you basically get sent like you're sent to the underworld. You lose all of your upgrades and everything like that. 
and you have to work your way back. And that's what it kind of gave me like the Zelda Underworld vibes. No, I can I can definitely see that. Um, didn't lose everything in Link to the Past like you did in Tunic, but the game was ramped up in difficulty like tenfold in the Dark World and Link to the Past. And I kind of felt like they kind of did the same thing here. And as you progressed in the Dark World, you got stronger and it got easier. Just like in this game, uh, when you got sent to, I don't know, I guess I would call it Purgatory. Um, it started off pretty hard and then as you progressed you got some of your shit back and the game got easier again um, the, the story in this is interesting because there is no audio dialogue no lines of communication between your character and any npc or anything like that in the world everything that you find out is literally written down and things that you're reading yeah it's it's all uh in in a game booklet um which is absolutely phenomenally done um so the fact that there is no uh dialogue in this game nothing audio there there's audio cues and clues through music and things like that but there is no, like, hey, you should go to the East Forest and ring this bell. And then when you're done, you need to go to the West Forest and ring that bell, which opens the secret. You know, there's there's nothing that, that gives you a clue audio-wise, like in dialogue form. It's all uh, things that you're reading, uh, which is right. pretty interesting. But, like, the overall story is kind of neat because you have this uh, this hero of this land. I don't know if there was actual name for it or not but she's trapped in this crystal and every so few years or whatever like a warrior comes to try and go through all these trials to release her um and if you can't you become the next person that's enslaved and if you can release her then happy ending i guess (laughs) it's 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 actually kind of a dark story once you piece everything together in the manual um oh absolutely it's uh, it's very well done anyway. Well, because you start out just like how like how you said you you're figuring things out. There's no actual like audio direction. You literally plop down on the map and you're basically the only thing you can do is move and move ahead and try to find out where you are restricted to go, how you can go further, and there's no there's no real like guidelines. It's like you, it's all self-discovery and it's all like a survival. So however far ahead you move or act is all up to you and the discoveries that you want to try to make. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I can imagine uh, you guys are both music dudes. Uh, what were your guys' thoughts on this music? I loved that each new area had different music like i loved the uh the area called the ruin atoll um because the music was like a beachy it kind of gave me like besaid village in final fantasy 10 vibes like a little bit uh the music was freaking outstanding in this game i absolutely loved it there's musical cues in this game and in the in some of the the fights um which is uh kind of neat 
But I, I think this music track was absolutely phenomenal. Even the overworld theme, where you're spending most of your time, was actually pretty cool. My favorite, I think, piece of music in the game is probably for um, the quarry. I thought it was, you know, because it's kind of dark and ominous and a little spooky kind of kind of thing. But uh, it was pretty cool. I'll agree, because there's not a lot... You have to have good music for me to remember it or for me to notice it. Because a lot of times I get too hyper fixated and focused on the character and the actual gameplay and I won't even pay attention to the music. I found myself having the volume on and up every time that I played this because I found, like John said, the music was well done and well versed for each area that you went to it captivated you it gave you that that upbeat beachy vibe it gave you that more ominous feeling whenever you're in the quarry and everything is dark and mystical um the music i really enjoyed i thought it had a great soundtrack to it what'd you think Kev? loved it i uh i know uh i talked about how i cut my grass poor with the final fantasy 7 soundtrack uh i did one weekend or one one grass cutting session where I listened to this one because uh, it's actually on Spotify. Uh, you can just search Tunic on Spotify. It's um it's by Life Formed and Janice Kwan. Sorry if I I butchered that. <coughs> but no, it's uh it's super soothing. Uh, the notes just they feel like they blend so well. But then there's points where there's notes that stick out very, very predominantly. And you can catch yourself being lost in a daze. Like I was just sitting there cutting the grass, drinking a beer. And then I heard a couple notes and it like brought me back. And I was like, holy shit. Uh, <laughs> I was zoned out and this fucking snapped me into it. And it's the same song. Um, I've only played the game once through, so I can't pinpoint exactly where these 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 music parts are but there's one that i played a couple times it's called memories of memories and it's just it's tranquility bottled up it's it's stupid how fantastic of a job they did on this music i fucking can't recommend it enough like it, it it's phenomenal No, agreed. And especially for something that is $30 on Steam, or I played mine for free on Game Pass, but mm-hmm. it was definitely worth it was definitely worth even buying it because it was just that good of a quality of uh of the artwork, of the music, of the gameplay. It was really well made. You I can... really think oh, <laughs> I really ahead, think Kev. talking about it uh, this episode, when I cut the grass uh, in the next couple of days, it's probably going to be another tuning session. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Final Fantasy VII still on there. Fucking, I mean, <laughs> I my my I can't remember if I talked about this before or not, but when my Spotify and a rap came out, one of my oh, top yeah. five was the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack. It's fucking some good shit. But this one, this one's enough. It it's I can't give enough praise. I. I wish uh, I knew who composed it and could find more of their stuff. It was very good. Just listen through their their library. 
You mentioned the gameplay. Like, you can tell that this game was game-tested, like, a million times. There is nothing wrong in this game. They, like, it is unbreakable as far as I'm concerned. Like, there is... They play-tested the shit out of this game. Like, it is very well put together. And it's like a team of, like, nine people. One dude did most of the work, but he had, like, you know, a guy do some character stuff um, as far as uh, designing uh, characters, some designing levels. He had someone else do some music and stuff. But it's it's like nine people made this game, and it's absolutely insane. But holy shit, was this game play-tested to just not break down. Like, I was playing this on my PC. Andrew, I think you were too, or? I was on Xbox. Or you're on Xbox. Okay. Like my computer just ran this game like a champ or I should say it ran like a champ on my computer. Like I had no issues with this game at, at all. No frame rate drop, like nothing like this. This game was just absolutely perfect as far as gameplay goes. And uh, like really the only thing that I will say bad about gameplay, actually it's kind of two things they are kind of kind of go hand in hand. I think the combat overall in this game for me personally, this is just one asshole's opinion. Um, combat in this game is a little lackluster. Like you get a sword with a three hit combo for like the first hour and then you get more stuff later on and they, they help with more stuff to do in combat by giving you all these cool magic items, which are fun to use, but they're all linked to a single magic like power thing. And I found that out way late in the game, like halfway through the game that all my magic items were linked. Like you get this cool fire dagger or not. uh, You get an ice dagger. I'm sorry. You get a fire wand, some other cool stuff. And you get all of these charges or all these uses for them. And I realized in one fight, uh, it was the fight on top of the library. You're facing the librarian. He's on this tiny little platform and you get this thing called the magic orb, which is like a grappling hook. You can pull the guy towards you. And then my my move was pull him toward me, freeze him with my wand, and then I was just going to town with him on my sword. And I realized as soon as I pulled him towards me, I lost one of my charges on my my ice dagger. I was like, damn, I went from five to four. What happened? And then, you know, at some point in the fight, he he starts circling around you because he can levitate. He's floating around you off this platform, and I'm trying to hit him with my fire wand. And I'm like, wait, I went from 25 to 20 to 15. Where's all my magic going? And then I was like, oh, shit my magic has been depleted. It's all one big magic pool, which was kind of annoying. And at that point, you can do one of two things. You can eat these blueberries that are found in the world where you can replenish your magic, or you have an ability card. Uh, You have all of these little ability things you find, and uh, eventually you can stack up to five of them, uh, which will, and this one will change your health potions into magic potions, so you can keep your magic up. Um, which I did later on in another fight that we'll talk about a little later probably. But um, yeah, I didn't like the the fact that all my magic was tied to one fucking pool. I would have liked it to have been separated somehow. See, I kind of did like it. It 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 felt like a Zelda game to me, or it felt like an actual a role playing game where sure everything that you do magically, you have to use your mana or your magic power for. Um, and I noticed just like you, the, when you use the orb to go grapple something, it's almost like the hook shot in Zelda Yeah. where if you were to grapple onto something, it'll pull you towards that stationary object. 
or and that was free of mana cost but if you were to do it on an actual enemy your number of attempts that you can do that is on the side of your orb they start to deplete which starts to drain the magical power of that uh character ability i uh, i didn't mind the mp kind of like andrew uh for the same reasons um also the fact like johnny brought up there's there's lots of items you could use to either heal yourself uh bring back your mp uh actually use them as as weapons there are plenty of plenty of bomb items um the one thing that i always give praise for and i don't i don't ever dock a game for this cuz i don't i don't expect companies to do this but uh i i told andrew about this i believe uh in a phone call while he was playing the game but the creators went on a youtube video where that's called um devs react to speedrun and they watch a speedrun of the game and I watched it after I beat the game because I didn't want any spoilers while I was playing it. And the thought they they broke down all the like all the stuff they were doing. They're like, yeah, we knew we could do that. We actually discussed this deeply. Like, should the the ice uh, magic cost more uh, when you use the ice magic with the fire magic? Should that cost just as much as the ice magic? Uh, should this bombs do this amount of damage? We know that we can cheese this fight. Should we move the the death spot? So you can't do it. They thought of all this stuff and there was, they still like all this stuff went into actually creating, creating the game. And I love that. Like I said, I'll never dock a company for not giving a shit about a speed running, but when they do, I have to give praise to it. Cause it's, they show, they, they know who's going to be playing these games over and over again. Yeah. And it's going to be the speedrunners. And that's and what fact- you originally said to me is you said, Hey, if you notice, you'll come across a second sword. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't feel weird about it if you pick it up because you already have a sword. They set it there specifically for speedrunners to be able to pick up later on down the line. Yeah, there's a there's a sword that you probably in a normal playthrough you'll probably find. I don't know six hours into the game, and when I first got it, I was like, oh fuck yeah, I can dual wield swords. And then I didn't have it. I had the sword and the shield. So I looked it up and I couldn't find a really good answer. Uh, just other than that, you know, they're like, yeah, it's a second sword. And then watching the video, they're like, yeah, we knew that we could, they would break the game and they would just either use the stick or not have a weapon until this point. So they put it there so they'd actually have a sword location to the west. Dude, I'm sitting here with my mouth agape. Like, I didn't know that there was a second sword. I just yeah. knew the one that you get at that first. Uh, in the East what, what, Forest? The, the, the Hero's Grave or whatever they call them. Yeah. Yeah, I believe the second sword is the like on the west side mm-hmm. of, the, of the game. It's when you're trying to get to the bell, but underneath of one of the overpasses, there's one of those secret doors. And if you were to do the code in front of that and then enter inside, you'll receive a second sword. Wow. Or first sword, depending on if you're a speedrunner. And that goes to the point of you're saying like they 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 set it up, they tested it out so much that they're gonna make it so that you can't break it. Another thing that I love about the gameplay is they nudge you so well into where to go, but not enough where it feels like hand holding. There's still yeah, puzzles to be that. solved. Yeah. But they're not like 
figure it out. They're just like, okay, we drop you on this map. You know, we have no clues. They give you enough clues where when you figure it out, you go, that's, I'm a fucking genius. You know what I mean? Like this, I, I deserved finding, figuring out how to do this. Or I, 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 I feel so good about myself figuring out all these puzzles and where to go next. Because, uh, like John said, uh, there's no, there's literally no way to decipher this language unless you go online. Uh, someone did figure out how to do it and it all breaks down to English. Uh, cause they're all, uh, I wouldn't say hieroglyphs. It's just its own language. They're all lines yeah, it's and a, a couple bubbles. Yeah, it's a lot of lines and bubbles, but everything's like stacked in like doubles essentially. Um, there, not the whole thing is in this language. There are there are points where there's you might get a word or two that are in English, and it, you'll be able to decipher some things. But yeah, most of what's in there is this kind of written. Uh, in-game language that is, you know, not decipherable to you mm. as the player. <laughs> that leads me into probably my favorite part of this game. I know I praised the shit out of the music, talked about how great the gameplay was, but the way they nudged you and the way to go was the old-school style NES instruction, instruction booklet. booklet. Yeah, I love this thing. Hands down. I I think that's what addicted me the most to this game, was the instruction booklet, crazy enough. Uh, how, did, how did you guys feel about it? I love the fact that there's coffee stains on, like, four pages. <laughs> like, it is on so purpose. nuanced. Yeah, on, on purpose. purpose. Yeah, some of them are, where the stains are on a page directly leads to how you solve certain puzzles. Um it's it's interesting because every page is not what it seems. Every page serves multiple purposes. What you think is just a map of this main overworld actually holds secrets and clues within. Where's this certain puzzle at? Where's this part of this this bigger puzzle called the Golden Path, which we'll get to in a little bit? Um, like every page serves multiple purposes, and it's so. V- just oh my god it's phenomenal the art within is absolutely great um i i absolutely love the instruction booklet and when i finally got uh the last one i don't know about you guys but the last page that i got was the cover and then page one because uh, that's the that's the thing at the end of the golden path um i was like hell yeah dude did freaking like did it it was really well done what, what are your thoughts on it andrew I absolutely loved it. Um, like Kevin said, it looks like an old NES uh, booklet, but the fact is that the fact that you actually discover, find pages all throughout that had a feeling of accomplishment as well. That as I'm moving around and exploring the map and finding this hidden area or that hidden spot, as well as picking up the items from this chest, I'm finding pages of this instruction booklet and there's a sense of accomplishment that goes with that but also mystery because it's you don't find the pages in order from 1 to 50 no you You'll don't. find them randomly <laughs> you'll find like page 13 and 14 first yeah and then maybe you know 23 and 24 next 
And each of them, as you receive them, have their own individual information on there. But also, like John said, they have secrets within the secrets. And secrets within the secrets within the secrets. And every time that you pick up a new piece of the booklet, you study it, you analyze it, you try to figure out what it means. But the problem is you don't have the full puzzle yet. Yeah. So you don't know what the big picture is. And you don't know how it's going to be coming across. And it's just, it was exciting. It was exhilarating. Wanting to fulfill this booklet, but also to figure out the mysteries within it. And it goes back to the playtesting aspect, because um, when you find pages, they almost always directly have something to to help you kind of in the moment that you find them. There's something there that goes, hey, this next... I mean, I say that, but then I'm thinking of the one where I got the one that said the frog (laughs) domain map, and I was like, I don't even know where the hell the frog domain is. I I haven't been to this world yet. But uh, there are... When you get certain pages, they help you sometimes within the moment. And it's it's very, very uh, rewarding and, and makes it easier game experience. You might be quote-unquote stuck in an area but then you're like oh shit this page i just got 10 minutes ago i think might have a map or some way to help me through this thing or there was so much information on the page that i overlooked this little section that is actually not regularly part of that but looks like somebody drew on it yeah but they even do kind of like um i guess like the example that's coming to my my uh, my brain right now is like they even kind of do a little bit of The Witcher 3 where it's like they might split a page or two. It's like if 15 and 16 are supposed to open up together, they might just give you page 15. And there's vital information on page 16 that you don't have until later on in the game. And so the reason why I bring that up with Witcher 3 is so many times in that in Witcher 3 in that game you'll start a quest and you might have a quarter or a third of the information and you got to make a decision on hey do I kill this guy or do I kill this guy and you don't know the consequences of your actions until the end of the quest like that that game Witcher 3 forces you to make decisions about things and people without having the full uh you know slate of information if you will so I, I thought it's very well done. I am going to backpedal a little bit. I know we are the biggest nerds, and <laughs> yeah, we might have lost everyone by going, holy fuck, they're jizzing over an instruction booklet. Uh, like Andrew was saying, the instruction, oh. booklet is, <laughs> the instruction booklet is very, very important to this game because it teaches you how to do things. Uh, and this kind of goes back towards gameplay. You can do all the stuff the game teaches you from the very jump. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you don't know you can. You, you yeah, don't know you don't, that you can do it. You don't know that so, you can sit and pray at these statues or these black obelisk things. And There was times where I remember telling Angel this on the phone because me and I was trying to help him. I was trying to guide him through some of these puzzles whenever he got stuck on the ones that I had done. And I remember telling him, I was like, there was points in this game where... If I opened up a treasure chest and it wasn't an instruction booklet page, I was disappointed. I was like, fuck, more money? Give me a page, man. I'm dying over here. I need to know how to, you know, summon a fairy or something. And I didn't uh, need another bomb? Yeah. No, the 
the instruction booklet is so important to this game, at least for the first playthrough, and the amount of detail that went into it. It is legitimately like you would open up an old school instruction booklet, which we talked about before with like Final Fantasy VII had a really good one. It gave you like ages and birth dates and stuff like the heights. This game does such a good job of of that. And like like you guys were saying, there's it's almost like someone owned this instruction booklet because at the very end of the page, like there used to be in old school stuff, there was a uh, note section. Yeah, note there's section. handwritten notes and, and there stuff. was and you could see that this was done by a pen. Like it was yeah. with a ballpoint pen that when you started writing some of the ink wouldn't come out. It was it's it's phenomenal the amount of detail that went yeah. into this. The detail then at is one point somebody insane. started to write their notes and then scribbled it out because they did it wrong and then started over again. Yeah. I mean it like they said, it's just like an instruction booklet. The very first page is a table of contents. Then the first few pages it goes into actual how to gameplay. Yeah. Oh, if you don't know, you can do this to run, this to, to roll, this uh this to attack. Make sure that you watch out if your stamina runs low because you'll start to pant because you'll be more susceptible to damage. But do you know that? No, you just know that you're a, you're a tired fox and you can't go as fast once you start running too much. But that's another thing that they don't give you all the information right away. You just find out whenever you get the instruction page later down the road. And you're like, oh, well, that makes sense as to why that happened earlier. I tried to put two and two together. Maybe I got it. Maybe I didn't. But this actually helps to solidify that. Yeah. It's it's very well done. Um, I guess, do we have anything else to, to say about the instruction booklet? We, we've talked uh, about we that a lot. We could probably refer to it for the <laughs> yeah. future stuff, but... Uh... I mean, like the, the booklet itself, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing we've talked the most about right now. It is, for a, sure. very, it is a very it, important part. Very so. important part. Because um, uh, I wanted to talk, because I, I brought it up earlier, of just about the combat and the weapons. Um, one of the things that you find out, spoiler, at the very, pretty much the very end of this game, is you can combine two of your weapons, and that became my favorite weapon to use. You can actually combine your fire wand and your ice dagger to make like an uh, a range shot with your. Uh, it's it's like an ice shot that'll freeze an enemy on spot, but you can do it from range. And I was like, "Damn it, game! Why didn't I have this when I freaking needed it going through Corey and the harder monsters there?" Like, come because on, they knew man. that you couldn't do mana control and that you would <sighs> run out of mana too quickly. Pretty much, yeah, because I would have just abused that. But um, yeah, I liked using um the fire wand just because I liked, especially for certain enemies like the fairies, which are these little floating like thick orbs that um will shoot stuff at you from a distance, and they have a uh basically a propensity to like come really close to you on a platform, and then when you go in to swat them with your sword, they back away. So I was like, cool, I'm just shoot you with my fire wand, um. So the fire wand, I think, was probably the weapon I used the most. How about you guys? I think I used the magic orb the most, to be honest with you. I love that thing. Uh, not only for getting around places, but actually just for grab, like pulling enemies closer to me. Because I was like, look, man, I'm too badass at this point. I'm not walking over to you. 
you're going to come over here like I'm Scorpion in Mortal Kombat, Get and you're going to die. Here. You know? Uh, by far, uh, my favorite weapon. Andrew? Yeah. Mine wasn't a weapon itself, but more of an upgrade. Uh, I loved the halo that you get, that instead of rolling to dodge, you like teleported. Yeah, you ahead. teleport. Yeah. Oh man, I <laughs> abused the hell out of that thing. I felt yeah. like I was just zipping all around. But it's you, you feel like Sonic in the Flash, but it's tied to your stamina, so it's it's got a it's got a limit to how many you can do in a row, but it's still fun. But I hated well, I can't say I hated. I I had I found zero use for the hourglass. I mean, it's I, yeah, I didn't use it at all. It was just a slow down time mechanic, but man, does it put a drain on all of your magic power. Like, it is... I, I never used it, honestly. How about you, Kev? I used it, and it's because I didn't 100% the game, so I had a different ending. So I had to fight the boss at the end, where it sounds like I don't think you guys did. Yeah, I guess we need to get into this. There are yeah. two endings. <laughs> Which we'll, let's go over ball, least favorite. We'll go over least favorite items, uh, and then yeah. we'll go to that. Yeah. Um. So I had to use it for that because that was a very tough fight. Um. My least favorite weapon, though, was the shotgun because I never found it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which sucks because you needed it for that ball scavenger fight. Holy shit. Which uh. I, I remember looking at the instruction booklet and it was like, here's a shotgun and it pointed. And I remember seeing that in the manual and I was like, oh, sweet, I'm gonna get a fucking shotgun. And then I go through and I start seeing the enemies with a gun and I was like, oh, it must, and I, I like I said, I scoured all over and I was like, oh, it must be telling me the bad guys have guns. And I was like, that makes sense. And I just kept on going. That's what uh, I was thinking too, because everything, there wasn't anything that seemed like it was, uh futuristic enough that you could get a gun yeah yeah so definitely my least favorite weapon uh if I, if i had collected it i know what it does um it's a powerful you only get three charges with it but yeah. it's powerful as hell and it shoots in like a three directional spread it's got like it shoots in like three angles kind of uh it's powerful as hell but it definitely uses up your magic <laughs> i'm gonna cheat and say the stick was my least favorite weapon there you go. It's also the first you, one you get. Yeah. yeah, before you get the sword, uh, you got a stick. Yeah, that was my least favorite weapon. I'm going to cheat. But going back to what we were talking about. Uh, the we endings, had actually, yeah. yeah we, had we had talked about this, and I don't think uh, we'd have found out until I had replayed the game and beat it 100%, because I played this and beat it uh, like maybe a month before you guys beat it. And John, you had started it, but you didn't beat it. I remember starting it after you and then beating it before you and then Andrew started it after right. I beat it. Yeah, I, but, I beat it a couple of weeks ago. I was still in class, so... Yeah. Uh, I I had started up a little bit after you started up and I I'd started up a uh, right after my daughter was born. So I had just been plowing through that. And I was talking to Andrew. I was like, listen, you're going to get to the end boss because I think he was talking about the hourglass and I was like, I used it a lot during the fight. I used that. I used ice bombs. I used the freeze thing. I, I was, because it's a two-part fight uh, against, uh, against the main wolf lady. And she's tough. Uh, you Fox can cheese mommy. her. Yeah, <laughs> you can cheese her a little bit. Uh, but I died five or six times. And then I would like, I remember between those deaths, I'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to go try and, because I couldn't find, uh, what was at the top of the mountain? I'm sorry, what was, 
what was at the what, what was at the uh quarry where the shotgun was what was the the totem you unlocked for that was it i think it was hp there was something you unlocked and i couldn't remember how to go back to it because i believe you, i started you get the you get the third and final key from there no 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 i'm in. talking about once you die and yeah. you have to recollect the six items there's one item that I couldn't get, and I was just trying to beat the boss without that one because I couldn't remember how to get to there. And it's at the top oh, of the mountain. Yeah, I don't. I I mean, without having the game open and looking at the manual, yeah, I think one of the heroes' graves is there. Yeah, but when it, w- that was actually one of my favorite parts in that game because when you go back to the hero grave, there you can't access it, and then it forces you to walk back through the room, and then you get attacked by one of those like magna or miasma <laughs> spider that. things i was like oh shit it's on like donkey kong and then you fight that guy and then it opens back up the path to the hero's grave um i forget which one it is but one of the one of your six attributes is tied to it in the story that kevin mentioned at the very beginning of this you are a fox and john mentioned that you either have to in the legends of old um as a hero you and a claimed hero, you have to either attack your predecessor or become the enslaved predecessor. And that is essentially what the end game was building up to. Um, and as Kevin was talking about, he actually had to fight the predecessor, the one that was originally trapped in the crystal that you find in the beginning of the game. As you go through in the game, you'll collect... Um, certain gears and gems that will unlock the crystal prison that this elder fox is trapped in and when you do it basically uh it lashes out and attacks essentially killing you and sending you into the underworld which is why i was saying before that it gave like strong zelda underworld vibes um but for you to be able to come back to attack your predecessor you have to go to different monuments of hero tombs to be able to reclaim the attributes that you had gathered before being sent to the underworld so that then you can go and face the predecessor. Now, when I went to face the predecessor, I wanted to do as much of the world that I could before actually getting into the the battle, because I didn't know if once the battle ended, if that was going to be it, if there was going to be any replay value, I wouldn't want to load up an old save just to be able to wander around before having to redo the battle again. So I went around and I 100%ed the instruction manual with the help of both Kevin and John, who they were able to figure some things out that I couldn't. I was able to help them with things that they couldn't. We figured it out and I 100%ed the manual and and one of the spots of the manual is says you know if you complete this maybe you can show it to somebody and it'll be of some interest yeah and the manual so that's one of those things going back to what i was saying about the pages where sometimes you know if you open a book you might get the left side of the page and not the right so the left side of the page was like take your rightful place and so it's like oh shit i gotta go fight the air is, is what it's called or what she's called your fox mommy but then you get the second side of it and it's called uh, and it says at the top like or share your knowledge and so it's like damn okay i so i did the same thing as andrew did i i 100% of the booklet 
go go back to fight Fox Mommy, and then Andrew, what happens? You walk up to Fox Mommy, you open up the instruction manual, and you show her. Yeah. And she takes it, and she starts looking at it, and there's flashes and blips, and she, she was a silhouette. <laughs> she was a, yeah. uh, a creature, and she ends up restoring and regaining her humanity and becomes a fox mom again. Yeah. And then there's this cute little cutscene ending. Yeah, of, where you guys are spending time with one another. Yeah. <laughs> it's really where cute. Where you are showing the fox mom all the different journey spots that you went to throughout the game to be able to release her from her prison. Yeah. And you share your journey with the fox mom. And, and the whole time I was thinking, like, was Kevin fucking with me? Yeah. Did he really need the hourglass? Like, was he really using bombs? Yeah. Or is this something completely different? And then after that scene plays, it's roll credits. And I was, I texted Andrew. I was like, um, did you fight a boss? And he was like, no. <laughs> He's like, nope. but don't tell Kevin because we got a different ending. And I was like, did you 100% the manual? And he's like, yep. And I was like, cool. So we got the same ending then. <laughs> Two things in my defense. First yeah. one was you guys hadn't played or had gotten as far. So I really yeah. hadn't anything to piggyback. The second thing was I found out through you, John, when we were talking about it, when I went to the underworld, I didn't yeah. know you can go back. I, I had to tell him that. Yeah. I was like, because John was talking about sleeping at the bed. I had no idea. So I did everything I could, the the dark world. And yeah. there was a couple of treasures that I couldn't get because they were in the light world. So yeah. I was like, I was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to beat the game and then I'll do it. New game plus. <laughs> so what what Kevin's talking about is they're, they're on one of the pages. I don't remember the number. Once you are beaten by the air or the fox mommy the first time you die and then you have the ability to go to a certain spot in the main map where you can go to sleep and that changes your day and night cycle and certain things are changed and available to you whether you're at day or night. Um so that's what Kevin's talking about. On that note, though, I have to say, this is the part of the game that I hated the most. I hated the losing all my stats and then this ginormous-ass fetch quest at the end of the game to get all my stats back. It I hated GTA this part San of the game. San Andreas all over again. Oh, my God, dude. I was like, seriously? Because I had just, you know, I'm coming out of the fight with the boss scavenger with my magic shotgun. Thank you, Andrew, for the help on that one. And I, I had done the gauntlet fight where you go and you 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 get your, your little crown that Andrew was talking about where you're zipping and zapping all over the place. And I was like, okay, I got some last minute things here to, to, to check off the, the old booklet checklist here and then I'm going to go do this fight. So I had spent maybe like a couple hours at full strength and then I go to fight the air. She kills me in two hits and then I'm dead and I lose all my stats. And I was like, oh, this is not how I want the end of this game to Don't go, man. Fuck. I hated this decision. Like, if you're going to do that, have it be at the beginning of the game. I think there are, there are games that have done that previously where it's like, hey, here's a glimpse, a tiny glimpse of what you're going to be eventually. It's not necessarily a spoiler, but you'll be this cool-ass dude or chick at the end of the game. The fact that they did it, like, 90% of the way through, I was like, fuck, man. I, I did not like that decision. For me personally, it would have been better served as you fight the air, you die... And then you wake up on the beach 
just like you do at the beginning of the game, you wake up on the beach. Like, had that been how it played out at the beginning, I would have I would have liked that decision better. And so you say 90%, I think more 60%. Uh, dude, it's later. It's late game, but it's also dependent on how much of the booklet and treasures and stuff you've done. For me, it was 90%. See, I'm right there with Andrew. I, I, I was about, I don't know, 50, 60% of the way. So I liked the idea because it made me go back to these areas where like I had to, uh, you know, certain parts were cut off. So you had to find new ways or go backwards to go sure. through it. And so sure. I like the idea of it forcing you to go and go, you essentially you had to go back. Cause if not, then you'd be almost too weak to fight the main boss. If yeah. you If you had to do that. So I, I liked it, but if you were that far in and then you didn't even have to fight it, I can see how it could be a waste to you. Because, honestly, you didn't even have to do it, I don't think. You probably still would have gotten that ending. You could have been zero for six. And yeah. uh, you'd have been like, here, Mom, look at this coloring yeah. book I found. And she starts right. crying and puts it on the fridge, and you guys hug, and that's it. Pretty much, yeah. I I, I mean, it, it's a good point. I mean, I guess for me it was just so late in the game, and I was like, damn it, man, I don't really want to do this late fetch quest, because if I want to be back to full strength, i got to go to all six of these places that are all different spots in the world. Um, and, and let me just harp on this too. This is the last thing I'll, I'll say negative of the game. Maybe I didn't like the fast travel system because I had to remember which square to stand on to then go to the main world, to then go to the world that I want to go. Like the fast travel system would have been, all you needed was a sign. It could have just said, this one goes to overworld. This one goes to East forest. This one could have gone to (laughs) West forest or whatever. It's almost like you needed to find a page in the instruction booklet to tell it, you there isn't one jump. though yeah, there, there is there isn't one that tells you where they go though mm-hmm. yes there is if there is i didn't find it because me am not smart you had to have because you 100 percented it yeah i found the page i'm just saying i didn't find that yeah, information uh, on a page i remember it's on the left side of the page and it's it, just before when you start to go to the quarry and the quarry maps and the graveyard maps and all that now I need to fire up the game. <laughs> It'll show you that entire area, and it shows you a little picture on what the area is, and it shows you, like, six of them, this, I think. This picture, it'll have, like, the the east forest, and this picture will have the west forest, and this picture will have the library. And then that's even where you can find other, like, little hidden gems to what's around because it'll have other errors on that page as well i mean i i, I trust you guys but I just, that goes I, I right didn't back find to yeah. there's so many hidden things inside of the instruction manual because there's so much information you can get overwhelmed and overlooked so i i don't i don't fault you for for not noticing it it's it there's a lot of information especially when you're trying to play it all at once that you are overloaded with information the more pages you find and the more you have to look back on other pages to try to figure out, okay, well, what is tied with what? I'm trying to find this damn page. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the back. It's towards the back. I want to say in like the forties. I, I always thought it was hysterical while searching for like, 
help on a puzzle or something you type in tunic and then you just get pictures of people wearing tunics <laughs> it's hysterical now you guys found everything right at least that you're aware of i did not what did you not find i did i did not find the uh the whispering bell mm-hmm. um amulet it was called something else, though. It or, wasn't the Whispering Bell. It was the... Yeah. Every, whatever I kept thinking it was, it was not the right name. Yeah. Something Bell. I don't remember what it was called. Those were like those little tags, right? That you yeah, your little about. ability cards. Yes. Yeah. Um, I definitely didn't find everything, obviously. Uh, I think I got seven of the treasures. Uh, I think I ended up getting like 15 of the fairies. And some of those fairy puzzles were bullshit. Some uh, of them were absolutely insane. <laughs> my, I remember telling Andrew the one that I hated the most was the water one. You go inside this cave, and it's basically it's a very tiny room. Uh, you're basically on like a little cliff area, and there's a w- pool of water down below, and the puzzle is it's spinning, uh, reflected on the wall, and it's spinning. Yeah, yeah and I that one. it's spinning so fast and I'm sitting there trying to write it down and my my arrows never lined up properly. Uh, I think what I ended up doing was recording it on my phone and then sitting down and I would slowly play it like frame by frame because it spins pretty fucking quick. Yeah, but there's also two spots that you can look at. It's it's kind of mirrored. So there's there there's two so you have to start from that dot and then there's like mm-hmm. another dot projected in the upper right. And so that's how I saw it. It was looking at the second dot and then I having to reverse it because it's spinning end over end mm-hmm. and it's like a 12 or 13 input like code and at some point it's upside down so it's like oh shit up is down down is up left is right all the puzzles in this game you're gonna need a fucking pad and paper like especially the last one and paper yeah especially (laughs) the last one yeah Uh, basically uh the way you unlock you find out later on i I think it's like a cross is the way they symbolize it it's basically yeah the holy cross it's basically your d-pad and you have to put in inputs on your d-pad up down left and right to either open up doors uh or find fairies or use that code to find the fairy and then you had to look at the uh, different objects on the wall there's some there's there's some points where uh it's flowers that you have to trace there's maps on the floor uh there's stuff on the walls some of them are broken up one of them is the 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 golden slab that's pieced literally all across the world that you have to yeah mentally build back together and then you have to put the pieces you have to pick the lines and that's what's that really one I did take pictures of yeah it's really yeah. interesting because yeah, you I really have to work for it. Of it yeah but the by far the hardest one was the last one and that's I, I remember talking about this on the podcast where I my wife was trying to go to sleep and we sat on the couch for like twenty minutes trying to figure it out. Uh, eventually figured it out. But do you guys remember offhand how many inputs you had to put on the D pad to open up the door? One hundred. One hundred D pad inputs. <laughs> yeah, and it is insane. I almost and you realize that that's another thing that harkens back to every page in the in the notebook or in your booklet has answers to the puzzle 
and that's it's called the Golden Path. I almost feel bad bringing this up, even though this is uh, is a spoiler episode. But this puzzle was so insane to figure out. Uh, it encompassed twenty five pages of the instruction manual, and it wasn't like it pops up and it hits you in the face. Like John was saying before, there's a couple pages with coffee stains. You have to use those coffee stains to figure out this puzzle. That's how in-depth this puzzle is. You have to, some some of the answers are on a map and you're like, oh, here's this, you know, you got to find this little yellow sliver that's behind this tree or something on the, on the map. I, I'm so, I'm half with you, Kev. I don't think this was the hardest puzzle in the game for me personally. I think once you figured out where you got to find everything and how to, uh, how to solve the puzzle, it's just, it's, it was probably the most time consuming. The one that pissed me off the most was one that Andrew and I were working out together because it's one of the ones where you find one of the secret treasures. There's like 12 treasures that are these golden statues. Andrew and I both figured out the first part of it and you have to decipher the bottom of the page where it's like, hey, you need to go stand in any body of water in the world for 30 30 seconds seconds with the sound off. They just want you to meditate and you're like, cool. You can figure that out by the in-game graphic, like at the bottom of, of the booklet page. Oh, I didn't and, do mine with the sound off. I just I just stood there <laughs> in the water like... Yeah. Uh, so you're supposed to stand there with the sound off for 30 seconds. And then, because it, it's, it's, it tells you that you need page 51 and page 1 to solve this thing. This first part's on page 51. So cool. Now you flip back to page 1 and at the bottom, there's a new little graphic that shows up at the bottom, but it's written in the in-game language. But it's also got a little map of an island that you've already been to at least once, probably twice. There was a secret fairy there, and there was already a a random treasure chest in the world there. So you're familiar with the island. It's also part of the um, inputs for the Golden Path. You have to go to this island and put in an input that makes no fucking sense. Because you have to decipher the in-game language. And there's no way that I can see, because I took pictures of it. Andrew and I took pictures of it. We were swapping them back and forth. I am not good with code breaking. Like, like I don't know how you solve this puzzle without typing online like I did. Like, tunic page one translation. And that's what I did. But I had to be careful because there was like five things that popped up that and probably four of out of those five had the solution to the puzzle. So once I actually got it, transferred over or translated it was it was a three sentence or three line like little wordplay quiz and it was the lightest feather corrected 11 times departed once more those are the three lines i'm not even going to spoil what it is for you you just figure that shit out on your own it's a it's a wordplay and a half Andrew and I were texting back and forth for like 45 minutes one night just going back and forth and I was like I got it and then he was like okay is it this and I'm like no and he's like is it this and I'm like no he's like but is it this and this and I'm like well the first two are right you gotta work out that third one and then he finally got it and I was like hell yeah that was the hardest one for me personally that was a rant and a half I apologize <laughs> no but that explains uh, very well how we did this shared experience because we didn't want to just give each other the answers. We know how much each of us like to solve puzzles. And we assisted each other if we asked for it. If they asked for it, you know, you assist them without giving them the answers. And 
we did that and it was enjoyable. It, it was, it, that's what helped make it feel like more of a shared experience. I, I remember I went on a two mile walk with my wife and uh, my newborn. I was pushing her in the stroller, texting Andrew about one of the puzzles, which was uh, where he had to, it was the loading screen one. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so Kojima level fuckery. <laughs> Holy shit, man. So you get so to good. one point of the game and somehow a separate save file gets on your uh, your save. So you have to exit your game and load up this one and you have like max stats and you load up into this like golden tunnel room that you can trace that line and it gives you part of the puzzle for the golden path. Yep. The golden path. And, uh, I remember there's no enemies. <laughs> I remember, I think I still have, probably still have the text where Andrew was just sending like picture after picture after picture. He's like, I don't get this one. And I was like, cause this was before I figured out the door. I was like, I know this one. I found it by accident before I even knew about the door. And I was like, it's on this page. What is it telling you how to do? Cause essentially this page was just telling you how to save uh, load, delete, and all that stuff. And he would like zoom into one intro game mechanics. Yeah. He would like zoom in part of it. Is it this? I was like, nope, it's not that. And he would zoom into a different part. Is it this? And I was like, no, no, you're getting colder, man. But uh, no, No, but if you, if you play the game, if you load up the game, how many of us are always going to hit continue and continue (laughs) play? We're not going to actually go in and load or have multiple save files. That would just, that is so clever to hide it that way. It was very well done. It was very cool. But I mean, I found I found all the treasures. John was able to figure out the the last rune thing um, after collecting all twelve treasures. I, like I said, I'm not good at code breaking, so I didn't even go further to do those treasures. I collected the, tr- the all the fairies, and I'm like, I collected all the fairies, and it was twenty fairies all across the m- world. And I got one fucking treasure out of it. And I was so goddamn disappointed that I did all this work for one shiny little statue that I didn't yep. even know what that was good for at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the fairies were kind of fun. Um, I figured out, I, I would say maybe close to half of them kind of use the same mechanic where it's like you go to this location and you might see uh, a set of flowers and you got like one big flower. Sometimes it's a different color and then a bunch of little flowers. And then you actually have to figure out how you would draw straight lines between them. And then that becomes your holy cross input on the D-pad. And so you kind of repeat that process a few times. I knew where one of them was going to be on accident uh, because I had taken the mountain path, not knowing about what the door was, but I found the back way to get into the quarry. And anytime I saw shrubs in the world, I would just whip out my sword and I would like hit the shrubs just to get them off my path. And when you come down that main path back in, into the backside of the quarry, I was doing that on what I thought was just another random bush, but I kept getting like a ping sound. And I was like, hmm, something's different about these bushes. And then I, I realized that one of them's slightly bigger than the other. And I'm like, hmm, something's up with these bushes. I'll be back here later. And sure enough, that's where one of the fairies was. And I was like, hmm, that's pretty neat. Um... Yeah, the the ingenious like usage of the puzzles and stuff in this game is just absolutely mind-boggling. Some of it can be frustrating, but like we were all trying to help each other out with them. Some of them, you know, 
I found a little bit easier, some Kevin and Andrew found easier for their various reasons and things. Like you definitely want to probably have a helping hand or just a second pair of eyes to look at something or help you decipher some stuff because a lot of them are just, man, I would have loved to have been in the room with the guys who made this and been like, all right, we're going to do this, this, and this. How do we hide these puzzles or, <laughs> you know, just next level stuff. It was very, very well done. So overall, we've all beaten the game. Did any of you guys try the new game plus option? I did. There's one trophy that I need to get, but I don't think I can get it a new game plus. The trophy is called something to the effect of like brought a gun to a knife fight. How how you get that trophy is the first weapon you have to pick up is the gun, which is in the quarry, which is where all the hardest enemies are. So I'm like, I don't even know how to do... I know where I got to go. I know where it is, but I don't know how I get around everybody just freaking dodging and skipping my way through the world, I guess. Bob and Weave. Do you want a way to cheese that, John? Sure. If you go to the options menu, you can turn on God mode. Uh, well, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying like you can that's yeah. that's way people do it but um i mean i i started it but like you, you don't have your little zippy zappy halo thing but um, that's the only thing you don't have yeah you you have that, pretty much it. you have everything else and so i don't know if i hadn't completed the booklet i would have been more uh willing to kind of go through an entire new game plus i only played for about an hour or two and then I was still at school when I was finishing this, so um, I got swept up in schoolwork and didn't go back. But I don't know if I will, maybe for that one trophy, but uh, we'll see. How about you guys? Same. I played it for probably an hour or two afterwards, and because I had already done the 100% of the booklet, I didn't find a lot of things that drew me in to want me to play again. Um, Because you started out with all of your stats still, you had all of your weapons, you had all of your money, I believe. Um, you only had so many of your like tool items, but you had all of your weapons still. Um, you just had everything, basically, except for the halo to let you zip-zap around. And getting used to zip-zapping around, I, I didn't want to uh, go back to rolling around. And, like I said, completed mostly everything, and there wasn't really anything that drew me in to continue playing. I did my I did my toes into it, um, but because I didn't hundred percent, uh, I stopped playing because I wanted to play something else. I had beaten the game and I had already I, I hadn't hundred percented it, uh, and being with the newborn, I didn't have enough time to invest too much more time trying to figure out these puzzles. So I was going to go back to it. Um, what I might do is just start a new game because. Having not played it for so long, because it's been a couple months since I've I've played it, uh, uh, you keep all the instruction booklets, and I don't I don't remember which way to go, which way is the the, the the way they intend you to go. So I might just start a new game instead of new game plus, and then start again and try and hundred percent it that way. Fair point. Definitely get the shotgun this time. Nah. The magic shotgun. Nah. <laughs> Didn't need it the first time, won't need it the second time. Do you guys have uh, any overall likes uh, that you guys want to kind of wrap up in a neat little bow for this? I thought it was very unique with the booklet. Um, the way that 
even though it had a very Zelda and Dark Souls like feel to it of the gameplay and the mechanics, the instruction booklet is definitely what solidified the the amazingness and the uniqueness of the whole experience. Uh, the gameplay was fun, the music was fun, and I'm a sucker for puzzles and uh, the whole RPG strategy. But the booklet was the biggest plus and the thing that sold it for me. I was going to say, um, I love all the boss fights. The boss fights each feel unique and and different from what you face in the like uh, up against your regular enemies each boss fight had like a different mechanic or thing you needed to do and they really ramped up in difficulty the very first one being the the garden night thing holy cow was the difficulty of that so much tougher than anything you had fought in the world like oh yeah it ramped up um the hardest fight for me i think was probably that ball scavenger one once i kind of found a way through andrew's help to go oh cool i can make this a little bit easier on myself if i use the uh, magic shotgun um the the gauntlet fight like i think i referred to that earlier basically to get your little zippy zap uh thing your your little headband there the you have to go into fighters yeah you have to go through like a little uh mortal combat like scenario with previous enemies you fought so you got to fight not one but two of these garden knights thankfully you have enough time to beat the first one before the second one spawns but then you got to fight little uh fox guardian guardians that like throw little candle bombs at you uh you got to fight your fairies you got to fight the little frog guys like you you fight all your common enemies but they're all like in multiples of five or ten like there's a bunch of them Th- that was actually kind of a cool fight I-, I think it took me two or three times and then it was i was fine after that once i fi- kind of figured out how to do it but um yeah i'll just shout out real quick again just the boss fights were really good in this game and they stand out like they're different than the gameplay of you're doing all the same things but you have to do them in different orders or figure out which weapon or weapons work better or um, don't work at all against certain bosses. Like it's it's really Agreed. fun. It's more puzzles within the puzzle, I guess. What is the best solution for me to incorporate everything that I have learned so far? Yeah, for this boss. Right, right. How about you, Kev? It's hard to boil down just to a couple things. Uh, I I really really love this game, and I think I talked about this before where I it upset me that it came out so early in the year because I feel like it's going to be forgotten by the time, you know, game awards come out. It's not it's not that big of a deal, but I would like for this game to get the credit where it's due. Just like I said before, the music was so engrossing. The instruction booklet was something that I, it made me feel like I was a kid again, looking through the instruction booklet and looking for all the cool things that they added into the instruction booklet. The puzzles were tough, but not tough enough where you couldn't figure it out with enough time. Uh, they didn't feel like some of the puzzles were... You guys ever play a game, uh, but mostly like fantasy RPGs do this, where they're like, yeah, no one has been able to solve this puzzle. And then you go in and it's like, all right, you push this block two spaces to the left and it holds a button. Then you go stand on the other button and the door opens. It didn't feel like that. It felt like... Yeah, it felt like these puzzles were actually difficult. And you can kind of see where people before you couldn't solve it in game uh and then you came along and solved it so i really love that um i i really love how it could tell a story without 
too many words. Uh, there was a mo- definitely an emotional aspect to the game that I, I enjoyed as well. Just like I said, it, it's hard to wrap up just overall. I, I just love this game, but it's not without faults. This is true. No, yeah. um, this is true. Do you guys have anything that we haven't discussed or that you want to re- bring to light things that you disliked about it? I, I mean, I think I aired all of my dislikes. Uh, I mean, um, this is still a really good game. There were just a couple of things that I, I just didn't like overall, but I mean, it was still a fantastic game. And I think on top of it, it was just a fantastic experience. Like this game is an experience um, like none other that I can think of in, in recent years in, in video games. I greatly enjoyed the difference in difficulty to the puzzles that some came some came across more simple or easier and then others were more progressively hard i did not like the deciphering of the hieroglyphic language or (laughs) that that kind of code breaking deciphering because that is not my forte uh (laughs) i am not good at that like i'll I'll figure out how to uh, press buttons but I, I can't tell what uh, language is what. That's why I'm taking classes on, on figuring out Japanese and such. I, I agree. That's two things I dislike. One was that damn water puzzle I talked about earlier with the fairy. Um, that's just more me being impatient, not sitting down and being able to figure it out uh, without using you know the video or anything. But the one thing that I dislike the most, and I really think they missed a chance. I'm not sure if they did it on purpose and they wanted like one last puzzle for everyone. But I really wish they implemented, which I thought they were going to. I thought that was going to be one of the last pages you got was, um, how do I word this? Uh, Translation guide? No, I wish it had a Rosetta Stone of sorts at the end. I wish... Because there's so much stuff hidden behind this language where you talk to people and they talk to you back and stuff inside the manual that's not translated. I wish that they gave you something that was like, okay, here's this, piece it together and figure it out. Because I feel like that would have helped with a new game plus. Could you imagine? For sure. Could you imagine that being behind the golden door? Like it was the front cover and the back cover and the back cover had that Rosetta Stone. and you had to go through and piece it together and you can replay it and talk to everyone that you've talked to before, read all the signs, look at the instruction booklet and actually figure out what these people are saying to you. That's the one thing that I really wish they had added and and disappointed that they didn't. I'll agree to that because I, I was stupid whenever I first started going through it and because there were some parts of certain pages that were already translated and the rest was not. I was thinking that as I was progressing, I was earning more translations and more of the previous parts of the book were being translated from the language into English, only to find out that no, it's just uh, essentials that I'm given the entire time. So I, I would definitely agree to that. That would have been a very fun aspect and definitely encourage the new game plus even more. I think uh, overall it's a really great game and it's it's definitely worth your time if you own Game Pass. Like, no no reason not to download it. It's a weekend game. You can finish it in like 8 to 10 hours if you want. Obviously, everyone knows, but this being a review episode and we're not 
we're not going to give numbers because it's it's I don't think it's a very good system of numbering, but I feel like we could each go down the line and say, would you recommend this game or would you not recommend this game? Well, I already gave my answer. <laughs> recommend. Thumbs up. Recommend. Recommend here as well. We got our first ever review episode with a first ever triple recommend. Go out there. Go out there and fox it up. Uh, fox it. You could probably listen to what does the fox say, and you would probably understand what that more the than the language say? in this game. <laughs> yeah. Probably should listen to the little Hendrix too. That might help. <laughs> fox it. But I thought this was a fun, uh, a fun variety of our recordings and i appreciate your guys time what did you guys think of our first actual like collective review i enjoyed it it was uh it's it's very nice because you know we talk about <laughs> games that we've been playing we give a little bit of a a little bit of a glimpse into it but i feel like some of these games we play deserve more than just a two minute three minute spiel about it I'm over here laughing my ass off because I thought Andrew was asking a rhetorical question to the listeners. <laughs> oh, well, edit that out. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. I thought that was like him signing off. Like, hey, get in touch with well, us. How did, how did you, you guys like our, that's our review episode? That's what I was waiting that's for. That's where I thought we were going. That's what I was waiting for, for him to go hit us up at whatever, but he didn't. So I was like, well, he must be asking us. I Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I th- I think that it went well. And it definitely yeah. encourages us to do more down the lines. If you have a game that you want us to review, let us know. Absolutely. If your experience was anything similar to Kevin's or it's different and was closer to John's or mine, hit us up. Let us know. Twitter, Instagram, VGL underscore podcast. You got it. Tell us what you think and tell us what you want us to review to give us suggestions of things that we may have already played or that we should collectively try as well and we can talk about it because we can share experiences with you the listener because that's what it's all about hell yeah but until next time i'd like to appreciate and say thank you to my wonderful co-hosts and all of you lovely listeners please 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 just have a good day smile smile you're on candy can smile But until next time, thank you, love you. Goodbye. Bye. See ya. Sorry. Thank you.